0: So 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know, but with the help of our God, we, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God, who tests our hearts. You know we never use flattery, nor do we put on a mask to cover up greed, and God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else, even though as apostles of Christ we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children among you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. We also thank God continually, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is. The word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe good morning everybody
1: it's great to see you this morning it's great to be with you especially if you're uh, having people over at your house sharing brekkie with them doing church together uh it's awesome to yeah as the guys were saying before get get into community again there is just a couple more announcements i want to share with you many of you will know ash and lockie more in our church lockie's with me this morning behind the computer they're expecting a baby have a second announcement. That means Kim and myself are going to be grandparents. <laughs> Happy dance. Uh, looking forward to that. And we're super excited about that and want to share that with the church family because we are a church family and we certainly look forward to um, yeah, getting back together and being church again, the family again. I'm going to quickly pray and then uh, we'll just see what this passage is about. Please just pray with me. Lord, you say you give us the word, your word, through the Bible, that you inspire with us with your spirit, that you speak with power. And Lord, I pray this morning as we get into that word, that you would certainly speak to us through it, that you'd open our eyes and ears and our heart, Lord, to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Some people make some big claims. They're so big, you kind of like, really? Uh, you might know of Kim Jong un, uh, the leader of North Korea. He is um, amazing if you follow his claims. He claims that he was driving at the age of three years old. You parents, if your three year old's not driving, you're not a good parent, apparently. He was driving at the age of three. He was also a competitive sailor at the age of nine. That's right, in races, uh, sailing a boat. He also made an invention. He invented a cure for all sorts of diseases, AIDS, cancer, even aging. And even uh, if you take this tablet, this this tablet, it even cures you from being radioactive and even harm from using computers. I think that's like if your computer gets a virus, you can take the tablet and you're not going to catch it either. I think that's what that's about. But he's like amazing. He's changing the world. Now... I don't know about you, but I get a little bit uh, just question, outrageous claims like that, a bit sceptical. Why are you making these claims? What's in it for you? Is this like a a power thing of just trying to say, how good am I? You need to listen to me because I'm the greatest thing that ever walked the earth. What's in it for you? is kind of a natural reaction or even some people get angry at people making big claims like that that they want to prove you wrong or not even interested in the the information but they actually come out and hate and want to fight you over outrageous claims see this morning paul says something really quite outrageous in this passage we just had read for us it was saying that his message that he was speaking is actually the word of god as in It's not just Paul's words, but the word of the true and living God. You see it there in verse 13, where he says, And we also thank God continually, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe what he's saying? We come with human words. It's Paul is speaking the message. They didn't have, it, he wasn't walking around handing out New Testaments or Bibles like this because Jesus had just uh, lived and died. He rose again and ascended to heaven. And this news was so fresh. Nobody sat down and wrote, had written it out yet. It was like, man, we've got to tell the world. So Paul, impacted by that truth, is just going around. It's his word about Jesus and God's plan for humanity and how to have life. So we have it. Years later, they they wrote it all up, put it in Scripture. So we call the Word of God the Bible. But this is Paul, first-generation Christian, going, what I'm telling you is truly the Word of God. It's God speaking to us. What do you think of that claim? It's outrageous that if you want to have life, true life, there's only one source, and that's through Jesus. And that is God speaking to us through that message. He's the only way to be saved. What do we do with that claim? It's a big claim. People react differently. And what we see in this passage, we see some very natural reactions. We see people who are very skeptical about the claim. We see people being very angry by the claim. But we also see people who believe the claim and are transformed by it. They truly find life. Now, if you're not sure this morning why we take the Bible so seriously, you know, at Southside, we're hitting the Bible every week. We're always pointing to the Bible as our authority. It's the one that guides us. It's God's word for us. Why do we do that? Well, this passage this morning is hopefully going to help us uh, to see why we should take it seriously and why you should take it seriously. First of all, uh, he describes the skeptics and uh, how he argues against you don't have to be skeptical about this truth this claim because what skeptics do and it's very natural reaction like we already saw this morning is to ask if you're claiming a truth why are you saying it why are you uh, making a big deal about this what's in it for you is this some sort of power trip that you're on trying to put it over other people let me give you an example of how this can play out this week we saw uh, some of the unfortunate riots in america and we see donald trump come out and he uh, was standing out in front of a church holding up a bible now i'm not sure when how you see that image but what do you think when you see that image he didn't go into church he didn't go in to pray uh, he's just holding up a bible for a photo shoot now i've read several commentators about what they thought was going on and they said Uh, It was incredible that he wasn't doing this for his country. He wasn't calling people to return to God, not calling people to pray to God in this time of trouble. It was 100% a power move for the president. I'm using the Bible. I'm using the word of God. God's on my side. Follow me. You're not going to win unless you follow me. He's not the only leader to do this. Lots of people claim to use the Word of God as a power move. You know, Hitler in World War II uh, argued from Scripture to justify his his killing of the Jews. He used the Word of God, saying it was God's calling for him. When people look at church leaders today, there is a lot of abuse of power for their own glory or their own prosperity, wanting money and influence by waving around the Word of God. And you don't have to go far to experience it. Maybe you've experienced firsthand as well, being church leaders, claiming the authority because they hold a Bible or quote verses, that they can uh, promote themselves, that it's all about themselves and building themselves up with their power and authority and influence and suppressing other people. They, what you call, abuse it. So there's a level of scepticism when somebody comes along, like Paul in the first century, says i have the word of god you've got to listen to me there's a lot of skepticism what's in it for you why are you saying this what are you getting out of it that's the context of now when we pick up paul's uh, response to those questions in verse 1 uh, have a look at verse 1 with me where, where paul uh, just explains his position uh we'll pick it up from verse 2 you know brothers and sisters oh, chapter 2 verse 1 <laughs> You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. He says, look, for him, he's been beaten, he's chased out of town, he's getting nothing out of it. But he goes to them, and how is is he living with them? Verse 3. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to entrust with, to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God, who tests our hearts. You know we never use flattery, nor did we put a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people. Not from you or anyone else. Even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children among you. "Look, when we came to you, we came giving, not taking, but giving. We can continue reading. Uh, Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you, not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order to be, not to be a burden for you or to anyone uh, while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. See, when people use the Bible or misuse the Bible as the word of God or make big claims, it's about me, 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 trying to build me up, give me power, give me authority, and push others down. That's not what Paul's going doing here. He says, you saw it. We lived with you. You saw how we lived. We took nothing from you. We gave and gave and gave. Paul was even working his own way to fund his own ministry at this time. Paul's saying, what's my agenda then? It's not for self-promotion for me, but I've got something for you. I'm not just going to to, to plunder you. Because that was happening a lot in the first century. Lots of people were abusing religion. They're going from town to town, just making outrageous claims taking people's money, building up power and influence. Why is Paul any different? He says, no, I come to be your servant. I come to serve you with a message, a true message that's going to give you life. I get nothing out of it except to see you come into the kingdom. That's a very different agenda. Why would somebody do that? Unless it truly is the word of God that he believes. This is the word of God. And he has seen and experienced firsthand that it has transformed his life and it can transform theirs as well. See, it's interesting, isn't it, that when we look around and often when we think of church, many people often think of that abuse of power, that there's a few people trying to promote themselves. And we're going to make sure here at Southside that we don't mix that up with the message, that we don't even go near that space. But we're a church that serves our community, loves our community. Why? Because it's not about building us up. But it's about showing people the reality of God's word. That's Jesus who changes lives. Jesus who gives life. Jesus gives life to the full. This is, um, this is Paul's motivation. It's our motivation too. Because we are truly experiencing God's word uh, with power and fullness as well. So here it's So, I'm not sure whether you know, but uh, for our pastors, for example, we don't get paid or we don't get a different position the bigger our church is. Nothing. We are paid uh, all the same as big church, small church. That's the way our system is. We don't get paid bonuses every time we sign up a new member to Southside. We don't benefit at all like that. But we are excited about sharing the good news of Jesus. That's our motivation. We have a big uh, volunteering culture and serving culture here at Southside. Not, Not because it makes us feel better, but because that's what the gospel drives us to. It's about serving others so others will hear the gospel. Points them to the Word of God, points them to Jesus. It's not about us, and that's where churches have often got it wrong about making, or pastors making it all about us, rather than seeing lives changed through the gospel. I don't blame people for being skeptical, because there's a lot of reasons to be skeptical. But when you see somebody giving up their life to serve you, you've got to stop and listen. What is your motive and agenda? Is there something really? True behind this. That is what Paul's saying. There's those who are skeptics. Paul's saying, Look, I want to show you there's no reason to be skeptical. Uh, There's those who are haters of the word because there's that response as well. And we got that impression back in verse 1 when we had it read uh, about how paul was chased from town to town Uh, if you're with us last week you remember ben showed us how paul was chased from three different towns over a short period of time because people hated the message they wanted to arrest paul and beat him uh, and have him put in jail which he had done a number of times but here you get how paul uh, is sharing this news with the, the church at thessalonica he's going you know what I'm talking about. People will hate the message, they'll hate me, and they'll hate you too. Pick it up in verse 13, uh, where he shares how this uh, how this plays out in, in day-to-day life. He says, And we thank well, we also thank God continually, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as human word, but as it actually is. It's the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. For you, brothers and sisters... Came, ...became imitators of God's church in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from your own people the same things those churches suffered from the Jews... ...who killed the Lord Jesus and all the prophets and, and also drove us out. They displeased God and are hostile to everyone... ...in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. In this way, they always heaped up their sins to the to the limit the wrath of god has come upon them at last paul's talking about a few different examples out here there's uh the group of jews who live in this area called judea the jews hated this claim of jesus that he was the son of god and that he was speaking the word of god they hated jesus so much that they thought we're just gonna take him out we're just gonna get rid of him so they killed him but then he proved that he is truly the Son of God by rising from the dead. Uh, he did all these amazing miracles. He then ascended to heaven. And, uh, but the Jews still didn't get it, or most of the Jews still didn't get it. They still hated the message that they were, they were pursuing everybody who followed the name of Jesus. That was the Jews in Judea. But also for the Thessalonians, they're more of a Roman town in the first century. Uh, The Romans in the first century culture followed a lot of gods, particularly the Greek gods. Uh, And it was their philosophy that the more gods, the merrier. So you might know of some of those towns. They just had temples everywhere to the different gods. Because if you could please all the gods, they're going to bless you as a town. So as a town, they worshipped multiple gods. But then if you come up and say, look, actually I follow this God in Jesus and I think he's the one who truly has life and if he's the only one, I'm going to say no to all the other gods. You're going to be very unpopular because your neighbours and all your workmates, they're going, no, if we do this as a town, the town will be blessed by the gods. If our town starts to suffer, you're to blame because you're not pleasing the gods. If my business suffers, it's you're you the employee. So you, 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 you're the reason. So you're going to be sacked. All of a sudden, you're an outsider. You're cast out if you follow Jesus in that culture. You will suffer that persecution because others don't want to hear. They don't want to listen. So they'll push you out. This is what Paul's saying. Some people will hate the message, hate the claim. And this is what they're experiencing. This is not just something that is in first century Rome either. We can even say that today or all throughout history. There are countries in the world that ban you from having a Bible. So if you have one of these in your house, whether it's hidden or on a bookshelf or reading it regularly, you can be jailed, even uh, at least beaten And even taken away from your family, never to see them again, even killed, because you're saying you're following this as the word of God. Countries get really upset about that. Even in Australia, we have laws where there are certain places where we can't talk about Jesus. I can't convince you. I can't uh, ask you to follow Jesus. We have laws that stop us from doing that. It's interesting, uh, there's a, a research company called MacRindle. Uh They researched a whole bunch of people to come up with stats of what people think of the Bible. And 4% of people, they said, are hostile to the message of the Bible or the claims of the Bible. 4% not that many people. But it's enough for us to go, wow, this is real. Some people really, it just touches a nerve. Because there's something in this that is like no other teaching that people respond to and push up against. This is a reality. And I get that. I get why people get angry over stuff. I mean, man, I get angry over phone calls. I get angry over the phone calls uh, from Telstra telling me my internet's going to be cut off unless I give them uh, my bank account details. I get angry when I get the phone call from from Microsoft, telling me they need access to my computer to clean my bugs out. I get phone calls from the tax department saying, if I don't pay them money now, tomorrow they're sending the police to arrest me. Now, none of these employees work in Australia for some reason, and I am a bit sceptical about the whole idea of that, as you might know, but I get angry over that. I don't believe the message. I'm not going to listen to the message. I'm not going to waste my time over that message. Just hang up, walk away. But isn't that what people are doing to to God's Word, they're not ready for it. They don't want to hear it. I'm not going to waste my time with it. I'm going to walk away. But is that reason enough to just reject it because some people aren't ready for it? Because there's something in it, the power of God, that, that really gets people's back up. And that's because it is powerful. And it has changed people's lives. But they're not ready for it there's a third group of people in this uh in this text that paul talks about and it's the thessalonians themselves these people are changed by god they've been given life and we see that i want to keep pointing back to verse 13 to see verse 13 shows us so much about why they are changed and a glimpse into that uh so verse 13 and we also thank god continually because when you received the word of god which you heard from us you accepted it not as human word but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you, who believe. Now, in chapter one, which we saw last week, uh, we heard about how Paul described those people as uh, hearing it, hearing the gospel as a word of God, the good news of Jesus, but with power, with the Holy Spirit, that it transformed them, and it changed them so much that. Uh, paul says they have this reputation they turned away from worshiping their idols to now worshiping the true and living god they completely changed their lives through this message about jesus it completely um made them live completely different ways and everybody was noticing it now people will change their lives for different reasons if it's going to make their life easier it's going to make their life richer you know, the softer life, uh, its very attractive. They could do that. But by the Thessalonians changing their lives, they're choosing the hard path. As Paul said, their neighbours are going to start rejecting them, pushing away. They could easily lose their jobs. They're going to be very unpopular amongst their people. There's a cost to this. Why would they do that? Unless God truly spoke to them through his word, through his power, through the holy spirit that they were convinced that no no this is true life this is living sure there's short term um it's a it's a hard road short term but this is life to the full in trusting jesus Their testimony to the power of the gospel in god's word paul's got a similar story the apostle paul he didn't grow up being an apostle he grew up a very strict jew uh he hated Jesus so much. He went out and persecuted anybody who followed Jesus. Uh, there stories in Acts where it talks about um, Jesus' word and his message going through and spreading through the world, where he was one who was hunting people, pulling people out of their houses and throwing them into jail. He was one who was standing there as uh, he got his people to stone one of the preachers, stone him to death. He was aggressively against christianity against his claim of the word of god yet when jesus appeared to him and spoke to him his life was changed forever that he started following jesus believing jesus was the, the true way of salvation to be saved now he did that knowing that his mates who stoned a preacher is going to meet now after him and wanting to stone him but he cho- chose it not that because it was the easy path but because it's the truth. A few weeks ago, we had uh, James from Open Doors here sharing stories from around the world about people in, in countries that are sharing the same journey. They're choosing to follow Jesus because they've been transformed by God's power, transformed by the Word and the truth about Jesus. Yet, they're persecuted. They're, they've just been chased out of their towns. They get cut off from their families. This is happening today. Yet, for some reason, people choose that path. Why would they do that? Unless there's truth in it, and there's power in it to give you life and life to the full, I want to encourage you that if you've got questions about the Bible and you know the whole fairy tale, oh, it's just the church made made it up just to to gain power and influence. I encourage you to do something like the life course that ben talked about earlier they do a whole night just answering questions about how did we get the bible and the reliability of the bible just to know uh, how historically accurate it is but i think for many of us that we've grown up in church you now this is my story grown up in church know the story we get so familiar with it we just get so apathetic with the bible just lazy and yeah yeah i would say bible is the word of god the truth about jesus is god's message for me but we don't do anything with it it's become a book on our bookshelf that we've stopped reading that we've actually stopped listening to god speaking to us or that there's become a book that we've come so familiar with that we know all the stories we could even become a teacher teach others about the stories in the bible but yet for me in my life you know i've just i've just got on with my own life and started making my own decisions living my way and just sort of just not intentionally choosing to push god away not rejecting him but just getting too busy with life they'll stop listening stop listening to god's word that's my story so even as a teenager i grew up in church barely missed a sunday morning knew all the stories but i didn't understand jesus till god spoke to me when i was 15 so as a teenager realizing the truth this is not just a book we call the word of god this is the word of god who changes lives but even now as a pastor of a church it's just easy to get apathetic and lazy and just stop listening stop engaging with god through his word not because i choose to but just uh, i don't see it as important it's a dangerous trap we've called this series stay the path because while we're living in this world there's lots of things trying to to pull you away from the path of following god paul's listed a few things there there's sometimes uh, people are going to be skeptical and they're going to say what's your motive what are you following what are you getting out of this and the 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 amount of skepticism around us starts making us doubt or there's haters around us and that gets really hard because Haters can be uh, our friends, even our family and those closest to us. They hate the word. They hate what it's doing to your life and changing your life. And if we live in that environment, it's hard to stay the path, to keep listening to God, to keep following him, to keep finding life through him and nothing else. So there's lots of things trying to, to pull us away there's, a, there's a, a verse in one of the Psalms that said, "God says God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. And it's kind of like this was written a thousand years before Jesus. And people could see they need God. They need to listen to him, even in those times. And even today, we need to, to follow the path because it's, it's his word for us. We are such a privileged people that God will speak to us through that, through his spirit, through his power in that. So let me encourage you, because there are lots of things that are going to pull you away. Whether you're a teenager, there's life's before you. There's so many different paths to go. Stick to the Word. Stick to God. If you're an adult, uh, there's so many other options or distractions or complications in life that pull us away. Stick to the path. His Word is a lamp for your feet and a light for your path in life. Find true life in Him. If you're interested, contact us at church. We'll put you onto the life course or we'll sit down with you and have that conversation. Ask any questions you want. How did we get the Bible? But if you are a Christian, stick to it. Pull it out. Set aside some time today. Nice spot in the sun uh, and, and just draw near to God through his word. Let me encourage you to do that and let me pray for you in that journey. Let's pray. Dear Father God, we just thank you. Thank you that you don't leave us guessing about you and who you are. You don't uh, keep us uh, guessing like it's a philosophy and how to work out, how to manage religion in our life, but you speak to us personally in a personal relationship. Lord, I've got to confess for, for me and people like me that it is so easy to forget how significant your word is, that we are lazy and apathetic when it comes to pulling out your Bible, that your spirit speaks to us in that space. And Lord, we just get on with our own life and then wonder why you've disappeared lord please speak to us please guide us please hold us close and stick us to your path we pray this in jesus name amen